Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Table Talk. I'm Daryl with my beautiful bride, Kim, and uh, we are sitting around our table and this feels kind of natural. You, you've got a coffee. I've got a coffee. We've got laundry on the table. We've got grandbaby's toys on the table. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to our world. <laughs> Give away all our secrets. Well, hey, if we uh, said we'd be honest and vulnerable and this is pretty honest. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But our Bibles are open. Our mics are on. Yeah. And here we are. We are at the table. And uh, thank you once again for joining us here at the table. Uh, we always enjoy having you uh, here with us. Wish we could be in person. And uh, well, it's just not the way it is. But uh, here we are. So. And it's a special day. Let's just take a moment and uh, just want to wish uh, you publicly a happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and to all the men that are listening, we yeah. just uh, really value and appreciate fathers and, and, and what not, they bring. And not just, uh, you know, birth fathers, but stepfathers. And uh, even though, you know, guys who are stepping in to be fathers, we, right. we bless and honor them. And, and mentors and leaders and those who have fathered others. Yeah, um, absolutely. So Yeah, we um, have a fatherless generation. So when, when we see men rising up and stepping into those places, uh, we're cheering them on. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to be like a, a father in the, in the natural. In the biological. Biological, sense. that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be a father in, biologically to uh, just be called a father. You can lead others and uh, be a father of many. So speaking of fathering, uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite part of fathering? You have wow. two of your own I, and yeah. uh, three um, that you married into. Yeah. And got married. So we have five kids. So being a father of five. And grandbabies. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, it's... It's tough because, you know, we had a graduation ceremony this weekend. The youngest graduated on Friday. And so I think for me, one of the many things I love is watching your kids grow and succeed. And not just my, you know, my natural kids, my, you know, all of them. I love watching them, how, you know, your kids were younger when I came into the picture and seeing how they've grown. That's so incredible. And, uh, yeah, just watching your kids grow, I think it's like, it's, it's just amazing. And, and then and seeing become, them parent as yeah, well, Yeah, right? yeah. And, you know, coming into themselves, I think the hardest part about being a parent is also watching them grow and go different ways. And it's like, that's not what I wanted for you. But <laughs> that's not what we talked about when you were five. Yeah. You said you were going to move into the house right next door to me. And that's not the way it's looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so letting them go, but also seeing them grow. Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful and it's hard all at the same time. Yeah. And, and, um, you have tears. I do. <laughs> Is that, so unusual. <laughs> I just thought it was fair. Everyone should know that. Well, tears. yeah, I guess if they're sitting at our table, they would see my tears too. So if you were going to pass on fathering advice. Oh my goodness. Don't, to... don't do what I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> we know a few young people that are just coming into um, parenting with um, that they're pregnant. So if you could speak to those fathers just kind of coming into it now, into that season, that they have no idea what's ahead of mm, them, really. Yeah. What, what kind of advice would you give? Oh, my goodness. 
I think, you know, I think as a guy, um, we worry so much about money and, and, uh, providing for our families. And, uh, I talked to my mom the other day. I haven't even told you about this. We haven't had a chance to talk about that conversation. Tell me now. I'm going to, um, you know, just and realizing, you know, that my dad, he was always so worried about money. And so he was working nonstop. He worked a lot and realizing that I've kind of taken that on as well and where I have to work, work, work. And so work has become my identity. Mm. And I think you miss out. And now I'm going to (laughs) cry. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Not sorry. (laughs) I think so much that I've missed out on Mm. because I was so focused on, you know, making a living Mm. instead of living. Mm. That's kind of a line from a song too, by the way. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Make a life, not a living. It's a country song. That'll be, that'll surprise you. Make a life, not a living. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So yeah. true. You can't uh, buy back the time. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny because we talk about it all the time, you know, as, as grownups, we yeah. talk about it all the time, but saying it and actually doing it are two completely different things. Mm. So. Well, because there's also the practical of needing to yeah. make enough. You have to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> but but not losing sight of what's important in the midst yeah. of Yeah, yeah. We're so, just saying, we were saying that on the way home. Um, we are just out for dinner and on the way home talking about um, just how as you age, you, you have that kind of perspective of how much that matters. Yeah. To just see the little things and to to connect with people and, and not losing sight of that. And maybe that's something even this pandemic has done for all of us. Yeah. Awakened us to that need to just uh, be more present. Yeah. And I think, you know, even as you say that, I'm reminded about when you, when the pandemic started and people were forced to work from home or they were, they weren't going into the office as much. And you used to see like even just a year ago, so many families, out together on their bicycles or doing stuff together. And uh, the streets aren't as busy with people on their bicycles anymore. Mm. That's kind of sad. I would, yeah, just in out walking their dogs. You still see lots of people walking their dogs, but it just seems like there was more of it a year ago where people were going, oh, okay, you know, it's just probably going to be a short time. Let's enjoy it. And, you know, maybe job loss or, you know, loss of income. It's just not as the income isn't as much. Maybe that's kind of changed things for families. And they are getting more along the lines of, oh, I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. That's interesting because I I feel like I I see the opposite Hmm. where people are more. There's more people down just walking through Fish Creek Park. I was commenting to someone the other day that there seems it seems like the pathways are busier. Hmm there's more bikes and isn't there a shortage of bikes? Yeah, I guess there still is. Everybody's got their bikes now, but yeah, I guess, you know, I'm just thinking about our streets locally. Mm. When the pandemic first started, you could hardly drive down the street because there was always so many people on their bicycles, Mm. but now it doesn't seem like there's as many. Or you're too busy working. Maybe I'm too busy working. (laughs) It's funny too, how, you know, I realize um, generally, generationally, that, you know, I've taken this on that 
I, I need to work. I need to, my mom said, you know, my dad was always talking about need more money in the bank account. Mm. And I've never heard those conversations. Well, and then even, um, uh, with, with our youngest that graduated, knowing that he worked the morning of his grad and the next day he was working two jobs. Yeah. So, yeah. So I wonder generationally yeah. if he's picked some of that stuff up. Yeah. I, I wondered that as well. There is that generational element to it. So hmm. may have to be praying off some generational curses here later on. <laughs> so, yeah. So what's on your, what's on your heart to talk about today? Hmm. Wow. Lots of different things. You know, I think even, I guess, kind of in line with, um, you know, that would be my phone right now. Oh, this is real live. We'll have to, that's my mom. She must be listening. Well, I'll have to text her. What's on my heart right now? Uh, lots of different things. I think, you know, when life's not going the way you had hoped, when life's not going the way you had hoped, you know, you kind of, for me, at least I want, I want to, I want to lash out and, you know, I, so I think, you know, sometimes I think, man, it's hard to be a Christian. Mm. You know, this isn't the way I planned my life and this just different things. And I, I, I don't know if it's easier as a non-Christian, but I think even, in those moments where I, where I have had those thoughts, man, it's hard to be a Christian. So flesh that out a little bit. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that actually look like? <sighs> I knew you were going to ask, and I was <laughs> trying to think about that. Um, it, it feels like it was so long ago because it was earlier in the week, and, you know, I've kind of processed a lot of that. But I think ultimately what it boils down to is Jesus said, life is never going to be easy. Just because you've given your life to Christ doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy. God doesn't become Santa Claus and just give you everything you want. But I think what it boils down to is that even though we are going to have a hard life, I would not ever go back to being a non-Christian because mm. I know that even as hard as my life is, I can still or the struggles, the struggles. Yeah. The struggles. Sorry. Yeah. It's important that I use the proper words. It's not always hard. No, it's just, it's struggles and it's, you know, it's, it's setbacks. It's not the way I planned my life mm. and it's not the way things I had hoped for, but it doesn't matter. God's still in those things that I hadn't planned or hoped for. Mm. He's still there. And even using that as a uh, quiet time to, talk to him and reach out to him and be, to be able to say, God, this isn't the way I wanted my life to go. Hmm. This isn't, these aren't part of the hopes and dreams that I had, but I know that even in this, you can use me. You didn't bring me this far to just leave me here or to take me only this far. So I know even in this, there's a, you have a greater plan and there's a purpose and I think in those moments like that, when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doubting and I'm, and I'm sad, I know that uh, he is still with me. And so I think as I, I couldn't imagine being a non-believer going through some of the struggles in life, not knowing that, that there's still a greater plan and a purpose. Right. They're looking for hope. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
Hmm. Well, it's like Paul talks about too, that it's an opportunity for joy because, you know, it flushes, flushes out your, your own, um, like even, even the, the disappointment that you feel um, and just flushing out it, not looking the way you thought it would. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and trusting that God has the bigger picture that we don't always understand it. Um, yeah, we don't always understand it, but that it, um, that he always provides a way. Yeah. So, you know, I think for me, at least too, like in those struggles, in the disappointment, in the hurt, knowing that God's got a bigger way and, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Right. And so even though, you know, this feels like a really deep valley, yeah. Life is never as low as your lowest lows, and it's never as high as your highest highs. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, we were even talking about at dinner, we were talking about Abraham. Yeah. And how he took things into oh. his own hands. Okay. Yeah. And they were talking about that at church this morning. And I thought that was so cool. You know, uh, just reading last night in Genesis 15, 16, and 17. And yeah, you know, like Sarah, Abraham was 75 years old. And he was told that he was going to be a father to many and he believed it. And then it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. And then Sarah goes, well, maybe, you know, you know, take my, my, my servant and, you know, have a child with her. And so she was probably feeling shame. Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, she's, she's 75 years old and, you know, she wants to have a child and, you know, Abraham's, you know, commiserating with God, you know, I've got all this wealth and I've got all this wonderful stuff. And who am I going to leave it to one of my employees? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, he's going like, what's happening? And then yeah, so they have a a baby or Sarah, sorry, Abraham, Abram has a baby with Sarah's servant. And Hagar. Hagar, and that didn't go very well. And you know, Hagar runs away. And and an angel of God comes down to her and says, no, come back. You know, we are going, you are, your child is going to be the father of many as well. Mm. And so, and then Sarah gets pregnant and it, you know, on God's time. And mm. I think for me that, that was pivotal in reading that because, you know, you want to make your own things happen. It's like, okay, God, this isn't happening fast enough. I'm going to go and do this on my own. Right. Which is often the reason for our disappointment. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, and then, so reading that is like, it just really hit home for me. It's like, you know, mm. I want to make things happen. Mm. And it's not that God can't use, you know, those things that you try and go and do on your own. He can still turn that to good. You know, that right. whole beauty from ashes. Right. But I, and even though they had run ahead of him um, with Hagar and Ishmael, he still gave them a child. He did. Yeah. Yeah. So Ishmael was still blessed and, uh, Isaac or Abraham, Abraham, Abram became Abraham and he was blessed with a child, Isaac, who, you know, they went on to, he's, he's, you know, been called the father of, of all. Yeah. Father of nations. Yeah. And it's so cool too, even in church this morning, being reminded that, you think like, you know, God's asking you, what do you want? And you would think Abraham would go, well, I want, you know, 10, 20 kids so that, you know, my, 
I have, I can be the father to many. And God did that with one, hmm. one son, Isaac. And hmm. so you don't need to have a lot hmm. to be, to be useful, I guess, if that, that's probably not the right word, but to have an impact, to have an impact in the right. kingdom. Well, and I think too, there's so much to that story of God restoring Israel, but uh, I love that part um, uh, where, where, where Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain, yeah. because to me, that is like how God restored Abraham back um, was in asking Abraham, are you willing to give your son to me? Yeah. And I think even in that, like from what I've been able to kind of, you know, figure out and different people that I've talked to that are far more knowledgeable, Isaac would have been about 13, 14 years old at that time. Mm -hmm. So Isaac had to be willing because his dad was over a hundred years old. He trusted his, he dad. trusted his dad. He, Isaac, if he was scared, could have overpowered his old man. <laughs> and mm -hmm. he was trusting in that too. Mm -hmm. So I think there were so many different levels of trust. Yeah. But that God, God used that to restore Abraham back to himself. Yeah. And, and out of that, I think the blessing of Isaac, the, the promise was fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. Just, again, being reminded, don't run ahead of God. He yeah. can still bless it, but it might take a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> What's on your heart today? Uh, well, it's been a busy week, hasn't it? It has. I think... Um, one of the things, as you know, I'm going through a mentoring uh, course right now in, uh, in just wanting to draw closer to God myself and, and uh, came to you the other day and um, talked to you about um, what, what our group had talked about, which was breaking off generational things like we talked about mm -hmm. earlier, right? Mm -hmm. The drama and trauma of our, our lives. And, and we certainly feel like that we've had a lot of both of those things yeah. probably <laughs> yeah. in the last uh, few years. I mean, probably throughout our lives, but yeah. uh, in the last few years, we've had a lot of one thing after another of shifts happening and changes. Is that a nice way of saying shifts happening? <laughs> shifts happening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just really, you know, how much of it is a generational or how much have we just you know, has attached as a spirit that we've picked up and just wanting to break that off um, in prayer and just take that to God and break that off and, um, and just change, flip the script. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. And I think too, it's interesting as we were talking about it, realizing how much, you know, the drama and the trauma and you just adapt and you don't even realize how much drama and trauma there has been. Right. It's just, oh, that's my life. And, you know, you deal you just, with it. Right. You just learn to adapt. Yeah. And we were saying that, too, like having gone through divorce, even, you know, you just learn to adapt to the things that come along. And um, and that can be a blessing, too. Yeah. We're very adaptable. Yeah. But it's also, yeah, how much of it are we just taking on and actually not walking in the power of uh, of Christ in us? And just accepting as our our lot in life kind of thing instead of uh, stepping in saying, oh, actually, we don't have to live like that. Mm -hmm. So just together being able to break that off in in prayer. And um, and uh, we really want to have that blessing of um, we want our children to and our children's children to receive the blessing. 
So if somebody wants to uh, deal with trauma or drama and just change the atmosphere or, or just um, want to release that, and, and how would they go about doing that? I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> you have been well, married to me for a while. You should know. Right. And I think it's really, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's not just a prayer that you, um, that you have to recite. It's actually a heart posture of just coming before the Lord and, mm -hmm. and asking him to show you areas of trauma that you've, or, or drama or uh, things that you've picked up along the way that are not of him. And, um, and then giving them to him and asking him to fill it with his truth. Right. Yeah. So breaking that off and releasing yeah. that, giving it to him, laying it at the foot of the cross and saying, God, what do you want to replace that with? And us having done some inner healing prayer ministry um, over the years to just being aware that I think as Christians, we're, we understand the idea of leaving it at the cross. Yeah. But we haven't always followed through. Or and not I picking haven't. it up again. Yeah. Right. It's so easy to go back to that, you know, that the cross, familiar. that familiar and pick it up and carry it again, but leaving it there and right. asking God to replace it. To fill it with his truth, not yeah. to leave it as this empty void that, that um, just like you said, the familiar just comes back, mm -hmm. um, but actually asking God to fill it with his truth and, and changing, changing the, um, what's the word I want? Changing the path. Right. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what word you're looking for. <laughs> you can't read my mind. No, not yet. Man, if I could. <laughs> that, that might be overwhelming. That'd be a war and peace novel, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I couldn't handle or like reading J.R. Tolkien or or uh sometimes I can't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, just changing the direct of where where you were going and, mm -hmm. and just switching that around yeah very cool yeah so that's been on my heart i'm uh happy that we're taking those kinds of steps and just reclaiming um uh the power of the blood yeah over our home and over our family and um yeah so just wanted to share that cool well we should probably deal with our laundry <laughs> Clean laundry, not dirty laundry. And you should probably give your dad a call. I should, yes. Yes. Before he goes to bed. Do you want to just um, speak a blessing out? Maybe we can finish this off today with a blessing to fathers. Hmm. Yeah. Um, hadn't really thought about it. But yeah, I guess I if I was able to, and I am able to because it's my microphone, um, <laughs> I would just want to say, yeah, just ask God to give you peace and joy and the wisdom of who you are in him because you are his child and that that uh, peace and joy would just um, flow through you that would that would be my prayer I don't know if I if you, I, I don't know if I would call it a blessing but uh, just just but they would have Whoever is listening, yeah, that you would have a revelation of God's love for you, yeah, and that uh, the revelation of who you are because of whose you are would just flow through you. Mm, that's good, and I, I like pray that. that over me too. <laughs> yeah, we'll take that as that well. The head and the heart would connect, yeah. I think for guys, at least for me, that's the hardest part making that head heart connection, yeah, and walking out who you are. 
the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Yeah, too. and not getting caught up in what's going on in the world, but just reminded of who you are because of whose you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah. So with that, we uh, we bid you adieu. That went fast. <laughs> Awesome. Well, we will, we will talk to you next week. If, if there's uh, any comments that you have, any, any requests of things that you'd like us to talk about, yeah, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We, we've been so encouraged by those that have reached out. So um, yeah. And you can uh, comment. uh, I'll be sharing this on Facebook and uh, you can comment on, on my Mr. Daryl Daniels Facebook page. Or you can send us an email, and our email address is send to the table at, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day. <laughs>